Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This episode, episode? 80, 83? Is it 83 or 84? I, I thought it was 83. Yeah, you, know, you probably know better than I do. That's, that's, we're all in trouble then. <laughs> so what's going on in uh, L.A.? Uh, it was really nice today. The weather was good. Shocking. You had a nice, fun little Sunday. I did. Hey, we're on episode 83. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was a nice Sunday. Um, we went to the rant. Well, except I, I missed a lot of stuff. Like, I did happen to catch Tiger, which was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, well, I saw the clips of it. Tiger was winning the, uh, his first major in, like, four years or whatever it is. It was just, like, I don't know. I, I never liked that guy. Like, I was kind of rooted against him. But... That was pretty awesome. And you know everybody on the PGA Tour is psyched because they're like, cash. Yeah, exactly. Like, people only watch golf because when Tiger Woods is playing. Right. So they're like, look at Roy McIlroy. He's hugging him. He's really just genuinely happy for him. And it's like, yeah, because now Roy, Roy McIlroy, his value just went up a shit ton because now people are going to start buying a bunch of golf shit again. Yeah. So... Good for everybody. Good for everybody. Uh, uh, and you went to the show. And I went to see Churches, churches which is really good. Um, uh, unlike your prediction, they did not sound bad outside or worse outside. It sounded exactly the same. The Greek has very nice uh, acoustics. I don't know if you, you know about that, but they do. No, I've never been there. You've never been to the Greek? No. Oh, well, like, you're, like, in, a, like, a bowl, and around it is, like, all trees, so it kind of keeps all the noise within, and we had really good seats. They didn't sell out. I, uh, I was, like, tempted to go buy, so, like, the day before, I saw that there were tickets, like, in, like, the fourth or fifth row that were, like, the same price as the ones I bought, and I was, like, should I try to trade up? But I was, like, fuck that, I'll wind up losing a ton of money and, you know... But they're really good. She she looks like she she was wearing like this t-shirt and like mini skirt, and she just looks like such a more tiny person than I remember. Yeah. Um, but they're very good. Well, they are unfortunately they are not coming to Syracuse. Oh yeah, Do, are any big bands coming to Syracuse? <laughs> no. Uh, well, that's not true. I guess they had uh. Ozzy Osbourne was here not too long ago, like a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. And uh, Bob Dylan is going to be here at some point during our shoot. The director is psyched, wants to go, and like, dude, you need to temper your expectations of that. Um, Because you know that show is going to be terrible. Um, Wait, of who? Of what show? Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah. 
I saw Bob Dylan like 25 years ago, and yeah, he's it's tough. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I think me and you were at the same show. Was that the Charlotte one? No, no, no. I saw him in uh, New Jersey. Well, it definitely wasn't 25 years ago we were in Charlotte, but we saw them in at City Fest. Yeah, I think Sorry. I was like I was like in high school when I saw him, but yeah. but yeah, uh, he was struggling then. It's gonna struggle. Yeah, I figured up in Syracuse you probably get a lot of the crunchy concerts. Yeah, I, haven't, I don't know. Someone said that the Strombellas were here a couple months ago, or a few months ago, which is like, oh, sorry, it was probably like a year ago, and uh, when they first were big, and somehow they were playing some club in Syracuse, and it had like a snowstorm the night before, Mm -hmm. but no one showed up, and she said she walked in there, and there was like 40 people in there to see this band that was like this is like when they were at their peak and they were like nominated for shit because I think they were nominated for Grammy or something like a year ago um and she was like this is sick there's like 40 people in here and we get to see like this big band I'm like okay um I'm not a huge actually I do like that band I'm not gonna put them down. I don't even know anything about the Strombellas. You you would know their songs if you heard them. But uh, yeah, there's no no good bands coming to Syracuse. Long story short. All right. Well, um, let's get into some other notes, I guess. Then, um, my first note for you is that, did you hear the news that James Lipton is leaving inside the actor's studio? I didn't even realize that show was still on the air. Well, it's not on a lot, from what I understand. And, um, yeah, he is leaving it, and um, it's switching networks, and he's not going with it. So they're going to put another person. Yes. Are you upset about this? Are you excited? Were you, you... knew it was going to be like Ben Mankiewicz. <laughs> no, Ben Mankiewicz is now the host of a... Yeah, he's, he, he is T, TCM or whatever it is. No. He's Turner Classic Movies. No, Ben Mankiewicz is like a political pundit now. You're oh, think, really? Yeah, you're thinking of um, his partner, whatever the guy is. Uh, the the His dad was, um, was a critic. Ben... It wasn't Ben... It was the other Ben... Um, Ben Mankiewicz is like, yeah, he's like one of the lead hosts of this, um, this I think net- you might be thinking, I think you might be wrong, I'm looking this up. Ben Mankiewicz hosts T- Turner Classic Movies. Well, he's also the, he's also the host of TYT, which is like the Young Turks Network, which is, um, like a progressive, um, online media company. And he's, like, one of their main people. Like, he's been on for a while. Okay. So, I guess we're both right. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. I just wanted to let you know, because I know you always dislike James Lipton and that show. Unless, uh... 
Will Ferrell is doing an impression, then I think it's funny. Will Ferrell's doing a show at the Greek, by the way, in two weeks. That is like your like wet dream. Okay. It's like this giant. Let me look this up. It's like the this giant comedy festival, um, and he's got some musicians at it, and uh, tickets are like, I don't know. I think they're like start around fifty bucks, and I'm the like best night of your life. It was well, right? Is that what he did last year? Oh, a great theater. Oh, you you've already found it. Well, I'm looking, trying to figure out who, uh, what it is. It's a giant like concert. Jerry Seinfeld. There you go. Chris Martin. You're really going on a random order. Like you could list the comedians and then list the musicians if you're gonna like. Well, I'm looking at the. Friggin' headline in Rolling Stone. Will Ferrell enlists Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Martin, Jimmy Kimmel for all-star charity show that will also feature Brad Paisley, members of Red Hot Chili Peppers, Pearl Jam, and Guns N' Roses. Uh, sounds like my type of thing. Yeah, it's like right up your alley. Alright, uh, so here's the list. Samantha B, James Corden, Jimmy Kimmel, Conan, Michelle Wolf, Jim Jeffries, Zoe Deschanel, sweet. Can't wait for her, what she's going to pull out. Kamel Nanjami, Gerard Carmichael, um, and then Duff. Like, are we really excited for Duff? Nah. Well, he's playing in like an all-star band with a bunch of people. Right. With like Chris Martin and Brad Paisley and um, Mike McCready from Pearl Jam and... So how did we not know about this? It just got announced. I did know about this. It just got announced like two weeks ago or a week ago. Well, how much are tickets to this thing? I think they start at like 50 bucks. Oh, you got to go to this. Are you not going to this? I don't think so. I don't know if I like going to a giant concert or not giant. If I like going to a concert venue to see a comedy show. I just don't know. Okay. Let me see. It's, I think it's October 6th. I feel like there was something else I was supposed to do that day. Oh, that's the night of the McGregor fight. I guess I like this more than the McGregor fight. Yeah, I'm interested in the McGregor fight. Um, so, that's my first note for you. My, uh, do you have any notes? I don't have any notes. Oh, okay, so I got more. The, um... The Browns won on Thursday. They did. Uh, in, uh, they were getting their ass kicked. And then they put in uh, put in uh, their number one pick, Baker Mayfield. And then uh, all of a sudden, all the Bud Light coolers opened. And they won. Um, remember what we were talking about, the Bud Light coolers? Well, I... I remember I'd heard it somewhere. I forgot it was here. But yeah, somebody else had brought up what a great promotion that was. But they had to spend some cash, I guess, huh? Yeah. I mean, they put, they peppered those. There were like 10 inside the stadium that carried 200 beers each. And then there were, there was like another 15 to 20, I think, at bars all over to Cleveland. And they basically like sent a cell phone 
code to the uh, coolers and they opened up, they unlocked when Cleveland won their first game. Uh, and everyone, everyone got a beer. That's cool. Like, nice community spirit. I like it, you know. That's something How special. How many people do you think were like assholes and took more than one? <laughs> How many would Aaron have taken if he was there? More like Eric. Eric would definitely be like triple fisting. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I just meant Aaron because uh, and then he would blame somebody else. Like double bagging the sausage. Um, yeah. Well, this still means, though, that Cleveland is winless on Sundays for... Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> how many years is it now? At least three or four years. They're winless like on four Sundays. four years. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting that even though they won, that streak was still alive. I didn't hear that. Uh, on a, on the, was that on the podcast? No, I just... Um, Remember uh, that yeah. being a, a fact. I was actually hoping you were going to know the exact number because I did not research it. I just remember that uh, they had. Well, I know someone posted that the Browns had a better record than Florida State. Oh. Um, I think Florida State's like 0 3. Or 1 and 3. 1 and 2 or something. Yeah. Um, another. Um, so the two things we actually you brought both these up on our our prep call, but I said let's just wait and talk about them on the pod because they were already notes for me. Are uh, Adam Sandler on on Howard Stern today? Um, you know we've done a whole podcast about Adam Sandler. Um, we'll still do one about Stern at some point, but that's going to require a lot of research, and I don't even know where we begin with that. That's like, but. Um, this was my far my favorite appearance by him. It was a really good appearance. I thought um, I thought it was interesting too. It's like uh, when he had um, um, who's the guy that's uh, Pete Davidson on at the beginning of the week? And yes, they were talking about Chevy Chase, and then he, Adam Sandler brought up Chevy Chase, and now like they had different mindsets about like Chevy Chase. Like talking shit about Saturday Live. Do you want to give some context to that? Adam Sandler thought it was funny, and Keith Davidson thought he was an asshole. So basically, just to give some context to that, yeah, Chevy Chase recently came out and said that the new cast sucks and the show sucks now and all that. And Pete Davidson's like, fuck that guy. Like, you just don't do that to Lorne Michaels after he kind of gave you your career. You know, have a little more respect for that. And I'm down with that, and that's probably how I'd react. And then Adam Sandler in this interview said, Chevy Chase is so funny. <laughs> and that's like his reaction to it. Yeah, he's like, he's a grumpy old man and it's funny. Yeah. And he's like, but then he said a good point. He's like, you know, I guess if I was on that show, maybe I'd be the same, you know, because then it's a shot at me. But, you know, otherwise he's like, you know, he said the same shit about me back in the day and he showed up and we all just wanted to get our picture with Chevy Chase. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of good old stories about Saturday Night Live and him on this. Um, but the thing I, I love... Go ahead. I thought that the, when he was talking about Chris Farley and they were saying that, how, like, Chris Farley was really good on uh, Letterman and, Dave, and Howard Stern, like, would say to Dave, like, dude, he was so good on your show. And David Letterman was like... I didn't even realize that he was that good because I was so wrapped up into the show. I didn't like sit back and 
appreciate like how good he was on the show. Yeah. But that was good. Um well this that's gonna make noise. Um I uh but like so the the reason I thought this was by far the best interview though was um because it was a, a good portion of it was all about his music CDs or his uh comedy CDs which is shit <laughs> that, they were playing the PA yeah. and uh he the, like the questions Howard was asking were just so great he's asking him about the longest P and uh they're playing it in the background while he's interviewing him and it's literally just Adam Sandler peeing and going oh my god because it just won't stop and he's asking all these questions about it and like it turns out the engineer and the producer was like guy who did like all these famous songs and all this stuff and and Howard just kept this is why Howard's so good he just kept referring back to it he's like this is like this is like your Abbey Road And, like, he kept referring to, like, you know, dude, they did medium pace, and they talked about, like, the cock and balls and all those old sketches that we just played over and over again. And um, it's just, you know, like, I don't know if that's for the entire audience. I don't don't know who still cares about that stuff, but for, I can speak for myself, I'm pretty sure for us, it was... Like, that's the kind of interview you want to have with a guy like that. Yeah. You know, like, I could, you'd see Adam Sandler go on, like, Letterman or, uh, on, like, Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel, like, you know, 20 times. He's going he's gonna to be funny and he's going to tell you, like, a little anecdote about whatever. But, like, when you can get into, like, explain to us what was going through your head when you decided you wanted to write <laughs> Medium Pace. Like, yeah. walk us through that. It's, like, awesome. So, and then back to the like peeing thing. He was talking about how like the sound engineer like was trying to f- figure out what would sound the best, and they were like like th- using different hoses and water things, trying to figure out how they would like record that sound. Right. He's just talking about how like how the guy must have been like, dude, what the hell am I doing? Um, <laughs> that's funny. So. Um, and then David, the whole David Spade picking up that tab, and he's like, "No, no, you always get everything." And David Spade and Adam Sandler's like, "Dude, you don't want to get this one. This one's gonna be an expensive one." He's like, "No, it'll be fine." And then David Spade called him the next morning and said his uh, credit card company called him and told him that there was fraud on his account. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, and um, yeah, it was good. Going through the Hanukkah song and talking about how the one guy, the owner of the Seattle Supersonics, was like mad that he's not Jewish, that he's because he's not Jewish, but he's like the new owner of the Sonics at the time, so it wasn't written about him. That was great. And then he was saying that like, do you uh, when you're out to dinner and like you're a high profile guy, do you and someone else picks up the tab, are you afraid that uh David Spade like is not good with the tip? Yes. Like he's gonna tip shitty and you're gonna be the guy who's tip shitty. So I love that question because I think about that anytime anybody ever pays for drinks or dinner. Yeah. I always like I try not to look at what anybody leaves, but I'm always worried that they're going to leave less because I, I get super hypersensitive about that stuff. And 
I love that he asked that question. And then uh, he's like, you know, you're going to have to leave a little bit more because it's a holiday. It was a Jewish holiday. And he said, not my people. It's not my holiday. Not my holiday. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the other thing that we talked about. uh, You know what? I do have it. I have one note. All right. Do you want to interrupt the one that I was doing and do it now? You did. Yeah, I do. All right. Um, so Paul Feig has been posting pictures all day on his Instagram about this being the 19-year anniversary from when Freaks and Geeks uh, premiered. And, like, the, there's all these behind-the-scenes pictures that I think you should look at. Okay. You should get on his Instagram. It's kind of cool. I will. So there you go. Um, have you Might watched? Might have to be a topic. Might have to be a topic one day. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Did you watch? I'm sure we'll remember it. Um, did you watch the? Yeah, write it down in your notebook. I just did. Um, how did you know I had my notebook? Uh, Culture Shock is a show that was on. I think A and E. They did four episodes this year. It was over the summer, and um, one episode was on Freaks and Geeks. It was real. I haven't. I uh, I haven't finished it. But it was really good, and they did from what I from what I got to. Another episode was on like talk show TV, like Phil Donahue and all that shit. Um, it was just basically four episodes. Of, one was on Michael Jackson. That one's really good. Um, I forget the fourth one's about, but uh, oh, you yeah. should definitely check it out. That, yeah, they. I forgot about that A uh, and E documentary, Freaks and Geeks. Um. I'm looking at it right now. There's one on the Osbournes. That's what the other one, one was, the Osbournes. One on Michael Jackson and one on uh, the rise of... Oh, uh, it looks like... Uh, like I said, Phil Donahue, talk show TV. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last my last note was about um, something else we were discussing. The new Creed trailer came out. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. That's going to be awesome. Like... How do you not go see that first day? When you see uh, Dolph Lundgren for the first time, you're like, oh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. When him and Sylvester Stallone meet for the first time, right? it's going to be a good scene. So where did you see the trailer? Uh, What do you mean? I just saw it on my... Yeah, I mean, but like, what what site hosted it? Where did you... How did you know that there was a new... I went to YouTube. How did you know there was a new trailer? Uh, Facebook, I guess. Did it end, or did it cut short? No, it ended with a punch. Okay. So, I watched it on Twitter, and it cut short, and all these people were complaining in the feed that I had seen it on. And I was wondering if that was something that that went on, like the last whatever thing that happens in it gets cut short, and uh, it just ended. I mean, look, I'm not... I'm not not going to go look for it again because I can't wait to see it again. Um, do you think he wins that fight, Creed? Yeah, he's going to win. Okay. But I like the line when Sylvester Stallone's like, you know, he grew up with such an in an angry, hostile. Yeah. Like he comes from like, a place of he comes from a place yeah. of hate or a place of anger. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, it's gonna be awesome. There's, 
When is that coming out? Because I really no, want that I think to November second. I think the uh, first week of no- something like that. November twenty. Uh, let me let me look that up. I'll be I'll get that to you. All time. I know is I'll be there. I know. That's what I was thinking. I was like, well, this is obviously something I'm going to go see uh, opening day. Now, probably there is something that comes out next week that we'll probably see opening day. Uh, you're not that excited about it, but the star is born. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone's excited for that. So, that comes out next weekend. Uh, let's see. It comes out November 21st. Creed 2. So, right before Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait. It's going to be good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I, might be, I might be back in town for Thanksgiving, so we'll see. Well... Um, Let's uh, let's. I'm going to use this as a transition to talk about our first topic, which is the the transition being. Uh, oh, for some reason that just set off my uh, Alexa. Um, the transition. So you, haven't, be- you haven't seen Master No, I didn't see it yet. I know it's been like a week and a half. I just haven't gotten to it. So who do you think wins? I don't know. I don't. I haven't thought about it. Did you hear about Victor Ortiz? No. Dancing with the stars? No. He uh, was accused of... He's been arrested for rape. Oh. Today. And he was supposed to fight. Remember when he fought uh, Mayweather and he headbutted the guy? He headbutted him? Yeah, but wait a second. He got convicted of rape on Dancing with the Stars? No, no, no. He was a contestant on Dancing with the Stars. Okay. Um... Today, he was uh, accused of rape and arrested of uh, some pretty serious things. So, so those, are, those are two completely separate things. What do you mean? Him being on Dancing with Stars and him raping. I know. I was giving context for people who don't know who he is. You're either a boxer. People, the guys that are listening to this will be like, oh, I know Victor Ortiz is. And, uh... The other people were like, oh, he was on Dancing with the Stars. I know who that is. You're doing the impossible and needing to context your context. But anyway. Um, all right, so our transition from Creed, which is Americans fighting Russians, to political documentaries about Trump. Political documentaries. Well... I don't know. Yours may be more about Trump than uh, this one was. Oh, so I did not see. You went and saw Fahrenheit 11.9. I did. Um, I was going to see it, and I switched course and went up watching Active Measures instead. I don't even know what that is. Um, sorry, your microphone moved. Uh, Active Measures is a documentary um, about... Basically, the Russian mafia, um, okay. and it's about how the Russian mafia um, is connected to the Kremlin, and they funnel all the money that the Kremlin makes, which is usually through bullying neighboring countries, um, and like um, like they can shut the power off of a, of a neighboring country because their all their power is run through. The Kremlin, and um, they basically 
take the money that they make out of all this. Like they're saying, Putin's probably the richest man in the world. And what he does is his people take the money and they come to the U.S. and they invest in real estate because it's the easiest way. If you have a shell corporation, uh, nobody can, nobody, you, you don't have to report who's running that corporation. So basically, it's a, it's a way to funnel money out in the open. So like, let's just say, for example, there's a president named um, Ronald Flump. And he has all this real estate, um, and he's in a lot of debt. Well, some Russian guy starts a shell corporation with him, and he pays him a bunch of money to get him out of debt, and he in turn takes that money and funnels it into real estate property um, for these guys to make money on, um, and nobody ever has to know because it's a shell corporation. They say that the people that they target, the, the biggest marks of the Russian uh, mafia are Westerner um, um, biz- with Westerners with uh, real estate people with business resources, shady morals, uh, difficult financial situations, and political aspirations. So basically, they found their their number one guy in Trump. And it's all very much... This isn't like... I don't get into conspiracy theory shit like... Um, I don't want to hear people talking about not landing on the moon or 9-11 inside job shit. This shit, though, is all out very much in the open, like who the who the players are. There's not there. It's not like these people have been living in Trump like properties for 30 years, 30 plus years. So this has been happening ever since he built the Taj Mahal because building the Taj Mahal like broke him. Yeah. Um, now. Obviously, this is a very one-sided documentary. Uh, I can't fact-check everything that's in it and tell you that it's all true. It's very entertaining. It is hard to keep up with because it's smart. It's bright. It's like a lot of facts, a lot of Russian names, um, and a lot of like, holy shit. Like, you wouldn't even write this stuff. Um, But if you believe everything in it, um, then you will see that we are in a, a lot of trouble. We're, we're deep in the middle of it. And, like, the amazing thing is, I, you know, I don't know anything about Paul Manafort. I don't, like, I know that he's, like, I didn't really know. He's all over this documentary. He was the guy. He, he can be placed everywhere at every election in Russia and everything. He is, he's an interesting guy. So that's what this documentary is about. Um... What is Fahrenheit 11.9 about? Fahrenheit 11.9 is about, um, well, it starts off with the whole election of Trump. And uh, Michael Moore basically says, you know, how how the fuck did this happen? That's his big thing. I think that's in the trailers. And then it goes, it jumps around from, where we are as a country in terms of just a big section on Flint, Michigan and the water crisis and the corruption and how Obama came there and like, like did the whole fake drinking of the water and the whole town like hated him for it, like changed their opinion of Obama like after he did that. Um, And then it moves to Parkland 
and how, you know, starts talking about the young kids being the future and changing politics in America. Um, it's, it was the most, it was his worst movie by far. Well, okay, so that's that's my question. So, it was uh, terrible. So it was he so does... all over the place. There was no focus to it at all. It was just, it jumped around from thing to thing. You know, like, in a lot of his movies, you know, he has that voiceover. Yeah. Which is, like, really kind of clever. Um, but this one was, it felt like he was old. Interesting. Like it, yeah, it felt like he was just an old man, like, rehashing stuff. So you feel like he's, like, lost his fastball. I mean, I enjoyed the last, was the last one the one where he went to the different countries? I like that one. Where to Invade Next, or, yeah, like, whatever, yeah. yeah. Like, I enjoyed that one. I thought that was really good. Who do this one next? was just like, I felt like he thought he needed to fire this out quickly. And, uh, you know, it goes into a lot of the whole Me Too stuff and all the political people that are telling people what to do, but then also getting in trouble by disrespecting women. And it just was had no focus. It was just all over the place. And it was it was two hours and ten minutes. It was really long, um, and it just it, it didn't even need to be a movie. All right. Yeah, I was very. Uh, I was like, this movie sucks. Wow. As as I no. Yeah. Was that the general consensus of the the people you're watching, or is it like? Yeah. I mean, they could have they could have cut like a half. Half hour, forty-five minutes of that movie, yeah. but it just kept going on and on and on, and it was just like was like, when is this going to be over? Hmm. You never, it's never a good time at the theater when you're like looking at your watch and saying, when is this going to be over? Um. So yeah, it was just, it was very, it was not very good. Wow. Okay. That's that's I I kind of I so here's the thing. Like I've always I I've always liked his movies. He's whether you agree with him or not, he's a good storyteller, and I think that's part of the yeah. reason why people who don't agree with him don't like him. Um, so if he's lost that, it's trouble. You know, the whole thing with seeing uh, a political documentary right now is like we like every day is a political documentary. Like you just can't yeah. escape it. So like, do I really want to go spend? like 16 bucks to go sit and watch more politics. And then you got the the whole thing about it's like when the internet be, got like going and you were still getting a subscription to Sports Illustrated, you were like, well, this took you 2 weeks to write and I just had to look look at this like on Sports Center for 10 seconds and I got everything I need. You know? Yeah. So, um, that's interesting. Um, I, did, I did think the section on the Flint water stuff was very interesting. Okay. There were a couple of things I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that, you know, they, I guess General Motors, uh, you probably know this, but General Motors complained that the water was damaging the, uh, like, the parts. Because they use the water to like clean and like do shit with to the parts, 
And uh, so they turned back on the water. You know, they switched it from the natural water to the uh, the crap spring, whatever that yeah. they're using. Um, they turned it on back on to the good water just for General Motors. Oh, God, really? And so, like, General Motors plant was getting still getting the good water while everybody else was getting all the, the basically getting killed by lead. Wow. So, first of all, thank you for thinking that I might know that. I'm, I'm, I'm touched. But that I, I did not. And I am dumb. But uh, that is awesome. Uh, so, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. You know, like, he tries to do a citizen's arrest, brings, like, fills up a uh, water truck with Flint, Michigan water, and, like, just unloads it in, like, the governor's, like, house, like, all over his lawn and shit. Um, so, I thought that was pretty funny. But other than that, that movie's terrible. Okay. Um, well, I will say that Active Measures is a very, very good movie. It's like, it's like, it is, um, it's like over, sensory overload with everything you're learning, and it's kind of scary what you're learning. Um, but it is also very slanted towards one side. Well, it's not even about, I mean, it is, but it isn't about necessarily American politics. You know, it's not like, hey, well, now Mitch McConnell's voting for this because of that. Um, it's it's about what kind of trouble potentially, you know, who's who's pulling the strings, and it's it, it does build a case. And again, it's a movie, so I don't say that this is all true. And I hate to get too political on anything because I don't I don't want to sit here and say this is what happened and this is what happened, and then. Yeah. People who, who may not disagree with us say, you don't know what you're talking about, because they're right. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just telling what happens in this movie. Um, what did you, uh, where, where did you see Active Measures? Is it on Netflix? Yeah, well, no, I got it on iTunes. It's on Hulu. Oh, okay. Uh, and I saw an interview with the director on Bill Maher a couple weeks ago, and I was like, holy shit, that sounds like an awesome story. Like, that's something I want to see. And, um, and it basically, I mean, the guy just laid out the case of how, you know, and, and so, like, they, they do a, a, a good job of showing how, why, like, the Russians hate Nate, like, every single thing that, why they hate Hillary Clinton, why they hate NATO, um, how they shut down the press. You know, it's a lot of that, a lot of it's the history of yeah. Russia over the last twenty five years. How they kill like their political opponents. They kill the press. Um, but it's like all of these, all of these sentiments, all these things that um, Trump ran on, and that he's making decisions about, are um, are very much on par with things that that that. You know, Putin didn't want around. Like he hates Hillary Clinton, and she's a talking head in this thing. So that right there, that'll turn off um, whatever the voting public, like forty-seven percent of the people. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but um, you know, like so, all of his attacks, like that you see that he, that he's done in the last like two years, three years, 
um, they've got a connect, and they're not saying, well, Trump was into this. They're just showing you footage of uh, and talking heads of the Russian government dis- like disagreeing with the same things that he's in- into. Um, I don't know. I mean, whatever. It's just, it's... If you're going to watch one of those two movies, and that's what I was basically left to do, I would definitely recommend this one probably over that. Because while Michael Moore is more of an entertainer, this is probably more informative. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. There was, there was one other thing uh, in that Flint section where, like, I guess the town of Flint, after it all came down, was, like, really devastated obviously and the infrastructure took a toll and people moved some people moved but the big thing was like you know people always say hey why don't you move and uh the woman was like okay well are you gonna buy this house like who's gonna buy my house you know yeah yeah and and so like they had this whole thing and then the government the army just shows up one day and just starts all of a sudden all the people in uh, in Flint wake up in the middle of the night to massive gunfire explosions like and everyone's like what the fuck is going on the government sent the army there to do training for Afghanistan and stuff because the buildings were so like vacant that they just didn't tell anyone in Flint this was happening. They just showed up one day with like tomahawk, freaking helicopters, and just started mowing down buildings and doing exercises in the middle of the town. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I, I okay. I heard him talking about that on something. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, speaking of crazy, a new show started on Netflix this week. Uh, Good, good, good transition. Thanks, buddy. I'm all, I'm all about the transitions today. Maniac, uh, directed by and created by Carrie. I always get this guy's name wrong. Fukujima, who did uh, True Detective and is now directing uh, Bond, the new James Bond. That's right. Movie. So he just did the first season of True Detective. Right. Is he involved in this third season? I don't think so. Did you see the trailer for the third season? I haven't seen the new trailer for this season. Looks good. I'm sure it's going to be good. I'm not sure, because the last one wasn't, but... Right, but I think they know that, and they wouldn't have come back if... and brought Mahershala. But who's who's they? The creators. But isn't isn't he one of the creators? Who? Or was uh, Nick Palantone, whatever his name is... Another guy who's All I know is, like, they knew that the second season wasn't up to par and they were going to cancel the show. Right. And, uh, I guess they got, um, Herschelah Ali all hyped up and decided to, uh, try it up. I think it's going to be better than the second season, so we'll see. Uh, Nick Pazzolato, that's what I was saying. He's the one who created it. And then he directed season two. If I remember correctly, uh, let's see. Um, well, this may take some time. So anyway, um, what do you think of uh, Maniac? I 
first two seasons uh, or two episodes, and uh, I don't know. It's I think it's uh, I love the production design of it. I love the tone. I like the cinematography. I don't know where it's going. It's very strange. Uh, the second episode gives you a little bit more insight than the first. The first is kind of like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Uh, but but at the same time, the first one does do a nice job of setting everything up. It does tell you everything, you know that. Uh, so the so Ma- uh, Maniac is a show. It's on Netflix. It just uh, they just released how many how many episodes is it? Eight or ten? I think it's ten. Um, last on last Friday, uh, it's starring Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Yeah, and it takes place in the future. Uh, which I, I'm with you. I love the world. I love the way it's shot. I love the color. I love... Um, it takes place in the future, but then there's also, like... Like, everyone's driving, like, crappy cars. Like, no... There's not, like, a lot of, like, advancement. Like, they show you that one shot where the the dog takes a shit and there's that little, like, cleaner-up thing that comes up. It's like some rinky-dink robot that cleans poop on the sidewalk. Right. You remember that shot? Yeah. So, like, uh, it's not like Blade Runner. It's right. more like kind of, uh, it seems like kind of your scripts where, like, there's no, like, internet. Like, it's just kind of like people are just, like, still, it's like almost like it's aggressed. Like we've digressed, then move forward in the future. And the big thing is, uh, is that everywhere you go, you're being advertised to, right? That's that. Yeah. That's on par with Blade Runner. Yeah, I like that whole thing where you can have an ad buddy. An ad buddy is basically in, like if you instead of paying, you can be have like shown ads for like a long time, right? Is that? Well, no. A guy gets like comes up to you and like follows you wherever you go and kind of like basically does live advertising that's what I mean okay yeah, yeah. But that's a better way to describe it right right so there's a guy that like rides the train with you and then goes over like three or four things that he's trying to like bitch yeah um, like a salesman but there's there's an accident scene in the uh, second Episode. I won't ruin anything, but the way it's shot, I was like, wow, this is affecting. Like, it's all shot from inside the car, and, like, someone gets thrown out of the car, and I was like, this guy's going to make a good Bond movie if this is the way he's shooting shit. Um, but I did like the second episode a lot better than the first, uh, but I enjoy, I enjoy the show. I think it's going to be really good. Great. Um, and then what do you think of skinny Jonah Hill? It's a little weird, but uh, he's now doing drums. He's not. He doesn't want to be funny anymore. So. But are you like? I'm kind of okay with that. He's because he's good. Yeah, he is good. I'm surprised because yeah. I don't. I you know, we we tend to always make uh, people. You know, we, we usually always want people to be what, what the versions of what we uh, of what makes us comfortable. So, like 
to us, Jonah Hill's a f- way better funny fat guy. Uh, like, we would just want to keep him in that role for the rest of his life. And obviously, he's like, I want to be anything but that for the rest of my life. And so we, as an audience, tend to fight it. However, if he's really good, the fact that he's really good at it, it's good. Like, um, you know, I mean, I don't, it, so far, at least in episode one, it's not like he has a ton of a ton to do or a lot of range. He's like a crazy person. No, he's just like, and he's very quiet. He doesn't have too many lines. He's, he's like a guy that you would see, um, like drugged out on antidepressants. Yeah. Um, well, he said he had a, he was in a mental institution, like had a mental breakdown and he's kind of like getting back to his old self or not old self, but he's kind of like getting better than he was. Yeah, well, there's a bunch of things that they're foreshadowing that they're bringing up that they're probably answering a little bit in episode two, but that they're slowly bringing in, like, stuff with his family and, you know. Yeah. Episode two is basically the same episode as the first one, except for following Emma Stone to the point where she meets Jonah Hill. Okay. And and uh, it kind of like moves the plot forward in the last 20 minutes. Like the first 40 minutes are leading her all the way up to when she meets Jonah Hill and then it takes the two of them from there. Uh, so it's kind of her episode part two. Um, was- yeah, okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Um, um, it's not a binge-watching show. No, it's that's the reason I couldn't. I, I, I figured. I'm glad to hear you say that because I was having trouble getting past one episode. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll watch a second one today, and I just didn't get around to it. Um, the fact that you only watched two tells me that because you know, you usually get into it and you're like, fuck it, I'm going in. Yeah. Did you watch two in a row or did you watch one? No, in- I watched. Uh... Basically, two over three days. Okay. Yeah, it's the kind of thing I think yeah, it makes you want to take a shower almost when it's over. Yeah, it's not like, oh shit, I gotta see what's going to happen next. But it's very uh, entertaining. Yeah. And uh, I think it's gonna be very good. And you gotta think on what just happened. You gotta be like, oh yeah. Yeah. Now, there's people out there listening, or there's probably not, but if there were people listening, they might have already seen this. As, as we said, it, it got released as a full set. So we're just kind of... In the beginning, we'll we'll let you know later if if, if it holds up. Um, you know, it's funny we've done a bunch of TV show beginnings, and I'm just so behind on everything. Like, I haven't watched another episode of Kidding yet. I'm still uh, yeah. I still only watched the first episode. Kidding's great. Yeah, I liked it too, and I'm like, why can't I just get around to watching this? I'm like, I just got other things I'm doing. Is there is there another show that you're that you're enjoying right now on the on the DL? Uh, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. Uh, I mean, I'm still watching Better Call Saul. I love that. So I'm way behind on that too. The last episode was really good. Oh, they already did the uh, final episode. No, I mean, no. There's two more episodes okay. left right. after this week, and. Uh, I haven't picked up any new shows. I still want to see Ozark. I haven't started that. Yeah, me too. I'm with you. Um, but, uh... I still have to catch up on last season of This Is Us. Do you watch that? No, I didn't see the new episode. 
I didn't. I mean, I haven't finished last season. Wait, did it premiere already? Yeah, I think it premiered on uh, this week on Tuesday. No, I got. Yeah, I gotta go watch that. Um, I his movie bombed though. Oh, it did. Life itself. Yeah. Like, I don't even think it's out in theaters anymore. It just mm-hmm. came out. Um, I um the one show like so. I'm like. You know, I'm get I get a lot more work done at night now that I'm like out of the office more, and you know it's there's just I just get peace at night, so I like to stay up late and I'm like, all right, I'll throw a show on in the background, but I want to put on something I'm not gonna have to pay attention to, so that I can do whatever work I'm doing, and so I started putting in season three of Ballers, and I gotta admit I really like the season of Ballers. It has like Russell Brand as a, um, like as um, an extreme sports commissioner guy who has like his own network and everything, and they make a deal with him, and they they don't all see eye to eye. Let me tell you. Okay. And it's like I don't know for some reason that just really interests me, and it's smart because. The problem, the problems with ballers is so much of this is based in like the football world, and there's just so much you can show of that before it becomes redundant. So it was really smart to bring in a, a different, and, and far be it for me to ever say anything about ballers is smart. It's just like entourage with adults, but um, for some reason it, I I don't know. I I'm like, I'm like I can't I can't wait to see what happens with this relationship. Anyway, uh, that's my one. TV show I've been sneaking in. Um, well, it's also a show about football. So for my last transition here, it's our football bets. Yeah, I think I went two for two. No, you How go, many people... Uh, you didn't go two for two. You went two and two. Two and two. It's a big difference. Um, so NFL, the big story was... Buffalo Bills crushed Minnesota in Minnesota. So wait, before we do that, can we just get in it? So you went two and two. I went one and three. So you're, I, I guess we'll keep a record of this. You're one and zero. Oh. Um, I'm shocked that I even went one and three. I was surprised because I forgot what I took because we didn't bet anything that I I liked anyway. Thank God. Uh, well, not thank God because we still got wrecked. Um, specifically on the bet you're talking about, which is Minnesota, yeah. which I bet. How many people had Minnesota in their survivor pool? Oh, my God, yeah. I mean, that killed everybody's survivor pool. Yeah. So, uh, sucks for everybody. I mean, how does that even happen? I don't know. It was one of those fluke games. Did you watch it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw it. Hmm. I'm in uh, Buffalo Town, bro. Oh, that's right. Um... When we go to the, uh, there's a bar up the road that we go watch the games are. It's like they always have the sound on for that game. And everyone was pretty excited for that. Well, your Syracuse bet was good. I, I doubted it, but we bet it, and I'm glad we did. Your West Virginia bet was a good bet. I really like that. You know, it was funny because when we got to Friday night and we're looking to bet, I was like, looking at everything and I was like it all seems so much clearer now why didn't I pick these games rather than the ones that I picked I of course was wrong about all of them okay so um 
so it just it just goes to show that um, we're we're really bad at this, and that's why Vegas always wins. But your Syracuse bet, uh, I thought for sure that that was going to be your big mush, because you like to bet on the town that you're in for some reason. You get like all caught up in it. You like to bet your favorite teams, and that always tends to be your downfall. When you look at things objectively, you tend to be good. So. I was impressed and I was proud of you. Yeah, they're uh, they're a good team, and they're uh, they're big underdogs this week. Yes, they are. And uh, there's turmoil in Clemson right now. The guys, their starting quarterback who got benched, uh, is basically like, "I'm out," and he's like transferring. Yeah. And the other guy is like, "Okay." Is I'm that guy? Out. Is that guy a baby? I don't really know enough about it. I don't know much about him, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know. He wants to. Uh, that seems like a pretty a bitch pro. move. He's got to get playing time. I don't know. Um, just all right. Like Hurts. Like, where's Hurts gonna go? Um, but anyway. So, what's uh, what what's your big four for the week? Okay, so my my two bets that I like on college. Okay. I'm going Colorado, which is Friday night, minus nine and a half over UCLA at Colorado. Um, I like that a lot. I circled that. I don't know where I'd go on that. I don't trust either of those teams. Um, not that I, I mean, I've seen some UCLA. They're terrible. But I think at some point they've got to, like, they, I mean, they got to beat some teams that they're capable of beating. I don't know, maybe not, but um I'm 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 with you there. I can I I I'm I can see that. What else you got? And then my second college bet that I like and I know that they're awful and they haven't won a game yet. And Scott Frost might have to suit up for this one. Really? But they're Nebraska at home getting three and a half points versus Purdue. I think money line is good there, and I think Nebraska is going to get their first win. Whoa! Uh, didn't Purdue just like smack the shit out of Boston College this week? Um, no, they. I think they like. Well, they lost to Missouri. I know that. Um. I'll look this up while we're talking. I just think uh, this is the week that uh, Scott Frost, they've been talking shit. You know, he's been getting put through the ringer uh, for these last three three weeks. Um, I just think uh, this is the time that he uh, gets his first win. All right. Uh, I'm looking. I'm trying to, I'm trying to see their... their... Hold on. I got it. I got it right here. Purdue beat. Um, yeah, they just beat Boston College. Boston College, but they had three losses before that. They lost to Northwestern. They lost to Eastern Michigan. Or well, I don't even know that's Eastern Michigan. I don't know who the hell EMU is. <laughs> um, yeah, it's Eastern Michigan. They lost to Eastern Michigan. And they lost to uh, Missouri because I bet that game. And, uh, That's the problem. You can't. This this is something I'm trying to get off of. I I, I well, I, I bet felt, that game and I lost because Missouri was favored by six and a half, and they Purdue they only won by three. Um. So I think uh, I think Nebraska is going to win. 
All right. Story short. I got two college this week. Um, my first one is I like Oregon State getting 21. Oh, no. Huh? Oh, no. Oregon State. Listen, you want to. You, hold on a second. You just. You just took an 0-3 or an 0-4 team. I can take a 1-3 team. Okay. And I'm getting 21.5 points at Arizona State. Okay. I do not like Arizona State. I don't trust um, Herm Edwards. I certainly don't think Herm Edwards has ever been a guy to run up the score. I'm taking Oregon State plus 21.5 is my first bet. I like it. Um, well, I don't like it, but I like that you're taking it. Oh, great! Why? Because you you like um, you no, like just, you you like the thoughts of going two and zero this week. All right, this in this. Don't we have this? like under Oregon State? Oh no! I no, we don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I just like the points. I think the over under was like two. The over under on Arizona State was three. Of like over under for the year. Yeah, let me. I can. I can look back on the. I have it like I'm here. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Oregon State was over under two. Um, because they were talking about that on the Cousin Sal podcast. Right. And like, you know, that was their favorite bet. And then we saw it and we're like, dude, two. That's. It's hard to like, bet somebody at two. College team. Yeah, um, I can't remember if it. I, all right. Well, anyway, I'm taking Oregon. Uh, Oregon State. Okay. Oregon State lost to Ohio State in week one, 77 to 31. <laughs> they're, not, they're not quite the defensive juggernaut. Then they lost to a, a, a team, or they beat a team called SUU. I don't know what that stands for. 48-25. Then they lost to Nevada by two. Then they lost to Arizona by 21. I think Arizona is better than Arizona State. I think Nevada is better than Arizona State. I am taking... The 21 and a half points. Okay. My second bet, and this this is, uh, I'm, I know this is going to elicit a reaction. I am taking Penn State plus four at home against Ohio State. Ooh. Ooh. That's a tough one. I like Ohio State in that game. But, yeah. Uh, I like, I don't like that they're at Penn State, but I still like, uh, but that's gonna be a, that's gonna be a good game. Yeah, it's another week where I'm looking at everything and I don't like anything. Um, but I, you know, there's like three games in that 4:30 range: the Ohio State, Ohio State, Penn State, Stanford, Notre Dame, BYU, Washington, and LSU, Mississippi. Like those four, those four games are good. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, So, um, so you don't like either of my bets so far. That's good for you. Um, of yours, I mean, I can't not like Nebraska or Colorado. I don't like Nebraska. So, um, it's a good start for us. I might be putting that one in on my own. Well, um, NFL bets. NFL. It's a good Thursday night game, by the way. I know. Even though Minnesota took a beating last week, obviously we don't think that they're that as bad as we saw. Um, and Rams are without two secondary guys, Marcus Peters and Akeem Tlaib, who they just said was going to 
be out for eight weeks. Potentially yeah. today. Yeah. Eight um, weeks? I didn't see that, but I saw, okay. Yeah, eight weeks. I don't think Marcus Peters is going to be out that long, but he's definitely not playing to Thursday. Uh, that's going to be a good game. Um, as far as my bets, my bets this week, I like, um, what do I like? I have these written down here. I like Seahawks. I know they are not that good. Why do you like these these games? I don't know. I like the Seahawks right. minus three at Arizona. Josh Rosen's no, first start. Arizona, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, I just think Arizona is really bad, and the Seahawks are going to put up some points. I can and see. Then, uh, I wait. I can see why you like that. I I take that back because at least you. I mean, even though Seattle's atrocious. There's some veterans on that, you know, their defense. I can, I, I can, I can almost make sense of it. But you love these one and three game, one and three versus zero oh and four games to bet. I just do not I understand. Know. I don't know. It's like, it's like you play Russian roulette, you know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the chosen becomes, you know, the guy. That's that right. You're betting against your own guy, the chosen one. Yeah. I'm going against the Jewish guy. All right. Famous Jewish sports legend. And then uh, I like the Chargers, minus 10.5 versus a Garoppolis San Francisco 49ers. Um, I think uh, the Chargers are going to score more points, more than 10.5 points, than uh, San Fran. All right. I agree. I actually kind of I, I agree with that. I'm there with you. I uh I did a te- I, I might a- be in for a tease for that one too. Well, okay, so I got a tease and I got a money line parlay. That those are the those are my two bets. Um, I tossed around a couple teams and I was like, yeah, I'm not. There's not a lot I'm loving. My uh my tease that I like. I I want to tease New England down from seven to minus one. Against the Dolphins. So basically I'm saying the Dolphins will not win in New England. Oh, God. The Patriots have looked so bad. They have. but Miami always plays them tough in, in New England. Um, I'm teasing that. Uh, it's hard to bet against the Patriots in New England. Or, so. I'm teasing that down to one. I'm teasing. So the, let me ask you a question. Do yeah. you feel nervous at yes. all about our... Both of them. Both of our bets? Both of our bets. The Gronk bet, I feel definitely. Uh, under, under eight and a half well, touchdowns? Well, here's my thing with the Gronk thing, though. Josh Gordon's starting this week. Um, they get Amendola back, uh, or whichever one. Julian, of those, Julian Edelman. Edelman, whichever one of those guys back, uh, like, in another week. Um, that's going to open up the 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 field a little bit on that offense because right now New England has no playmakers so if you can if you could just get everybody on Gronk there's no one else for him to throw to thank God I couldn't talk you into a a, a, a Hogan to lead the league in receiving bet <laughs> thank God for that um, but yes I am nervous about under eleven and a half or yeah. over eleven and a half so I'm taking New England down to minus one. I'm teasing Tampa Bay up to nine in Chicago. 
too. That was an awesome game on Monday night, though. That's so Fitzpatrick's starting, right? They haven't said, but I mean, you can't take him out. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking, right? The guy's been on fire. I mean, at least at least you have to go. Their bye week is next week. So you ride so him in the like bye one, week. It's right. one of those things. It's like you have to start him here, and then you go into the bye week, and if you have to make a change. If you feel like you have to make a change, you do it, like, when they come out of the bye week. Right. Um, but I, I mean, Fitzpatrick has had, like, over 300 yards passing in all three of the games and has had, like, 10 TDs or something total. So, something so like what, we, what he really needs is for me to start betting on him because that'll slow him down. Um, seriously. Yeah. If he, uh, and honestly, my favorite bet of of this tease is Jacksonville down to one and a half. And to be honest, I should just forego the whole thing and just say Jacksonville minus seven and a half, and just make one bet instead of this this tease because I'm getting the same odds. I really like Jacksonville this week at minus seven and a half. Okay, well, let's go back to like normal bets other than tease because uh, you have to make your two. Uh NFL bets. Well, that was my tease. That tease was my first bet. No, you're not allowed to do a tease as your bet. I thought I did last week. Fine. You did? All right, then I'm taking Jacksonville minus seven and a half. I wouldn't have done all that if that's the case. So I'm, ta- I'm okay. taking. I'm taking Jacksonville minus seven and a half. So does that mean my money line parlay is out too? Dude, I'll give you my money. I mean, I can do an easy money line parlay and win. What, really? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just do it all the time then? Why would you make life hard and not just bet the thing that you could win with all the time? Here's my money line parlay. Chargers, Green Bay, um, Rams, and Jacksonville. Well, I'll tell you. My know, money? Jacksonville looked so bad last week. I know. But they're playing the Jets. At yeah, home. Jets defense is pretty good. That's the only thing I'll say is Jets defense is pretty well, good. Well, wait a second. You just said that you have an easy solution. You'll just pick you'll just pick that and win. Why wouldn't no, you just do I that anymore? I don't want to like I mean if I had to take four team money line parlay, that's what I would take. See, because I had a three team and it was New England, the Chargers and Green Bay. So oh, okay. Well that's I might be into that. Well, just, we, we could replace New England with Jacksonville if you, if you like that. No, I guess I like Patriots more than I like Jacksonville. And what do you think about the Rams? Like, the Rams, because if, look, the Rams aren't going 16-0, and and you start looking at their schedule, what games they can lose, there's not a lot Rams left in the schedule. Tough. What's that? They're looking tough. They're looking tough, but I still don't see them going 16-0. and So, um, no. this is the kind of game, Thursday night, it's funky, um... I, that's why I want to stay away from that one. Minnesota coming off this weird loss. Uh, they're probably right. All, all fired up. You know, my my first the first bet that really actually stuck out at me, and I'm not going to say, was New Orleans minus three and a half in New York. But Giants look pretty good this week. Listen, Manning twenty five for twenty nine. Let me just tell you, don't. Don't do what I did last week, where I was like, "Hey, I yeah, might, I, I might start I to believe in my team." 
Um, they, look pretty, they look pretty good. I'm happy that when I go see them play, which we bought tickets, we're going to see, uh, I'm going to Giant Stadium for the first time, the new one. Oh, okay. We bought tickets to uh, October 28th, Redskins, Giants Redskins. You haven't been to like a Giant game in like seven or eight years? Not, I haven't been to their stadium. Right. Oh, I got you. I got you. Like, I haven't seen the new stadium, okay. but I've been to the, see them in other stadiums. I, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it looks just like the old one. <laughs> we got club seats now. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, I went, well, I, well, we, it, we paid a lot of money for them. Okay. So it wasn't like, oh, sweet, we got these. <laughs> like, they were like, hey. Uh, the guy that I'm going with, like, said he knew someone with tickets. I'm like, sweet, I'll get them. And then he came back and goes, oh, they're like, this amount of money. I'm like, that's a lot of money. <laughs> and then they win the first, they lose the first two games. I'm like, dude, are we going to spend all this money and go see an 0-16 play? <laughs> that would not be fun. No. So, I'm glad that they are not going to be 0-6. Yeah, they're, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think the NFC East is getting more than one team out of there. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, they got a tough tough task this week uh, versus the Saints. Who does Dallas play? Um, Dallas will be losing Detroit. losing to to Detroit this week. Um, um, I was I was assured that uh, I was listening to something and they and. Jason Garrett assured everyone that he wasn't going to take the play calling out of Linehan's hands. And if that doesn't make you audibly <laughs> laugh out loud, I don't know what, like, what, what's he going to do with it? Him making the play calls? Yeah, I was just about to say, who's he giving it to? Uh, that's what there's, like, there was, like, so, so what, he's going to, you know, anyway, they're in trouble. That's a bad team. Like, she's not a really terrible team, it's just really terribly. Um, like as Alyssa Lombardi was saying, they, he's like they lost that game. They lost to Seattle in uh, August. Like they they just weren't prepared to win a game like that because they're just not good. They're not they're not prepared well. They're they don't do anything like they don't use Zeke Elliott well. That team's just bad. It's, he's like it's a crime what's going on there. Um, and others might say is Dak Prescott good? Who knows. It's it's a um, question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think he's good, but yeah, they don't really have any weapons anymore. I think you could. Well, they, right, that's a huge thing. But you know, I think I think you could win with him. I don't think he is going to win for you know for you. So I went out on uh, last thing. I went out on Sunday after the game and was watching the the late game before I went to the concert and. Got into an argument about Tom Brady, um, where the guy I was with was arguing that Tom Brady's the most overrated player of all time. <laughs> because it's all about the system. Yeah, it's all about the system. And I'm like, you know, part of it's he the system. He made the system. Huh? He made the system. Well, right. And, you know, it's like, he goes, if Bel- he's like, I'll tell you, Belgic's the best. He's like, you know, when um, Castle was there, they won with him. I was like, yeah, how many Super Bowls did they win with Castle? Yeah. Like, well, when Bledsoe was there, they went with him. How many, they, how many Super Bowls did they win with Bledsoe? You know, like, you that's keep a, saying that's a ridiculous statement. But there's a difference between winning regular season games and getting to that level. I understand that. Thank yeah. you. You don't know, like, drive myself crazy. 
Yeah, I mean, I couldn't even, like, have that argument. I'd be like, dude, I hate the Patriots more than, like, anybody, and I can't even, like, argue the fact that he's not the best quarterback of all time. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's a discussion we have later. Who the, who's the who's the best quarterback of all time? He's like, could you imagine Elway in that system? Hard to argue against Tom Brady. Yeah. So uh, anyway, well, it was good catching up with you, buddy. We'll have to do this again next week. I think we might. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.